We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Very good evening. You're very welcome to Kilkenny Communities in Action with me, Paul Brophy. Big thank you to Shafroon and everyone from Kjolsk Kitchen. And don't forget to tune into Kjolsk Kitchen this coming Sunday at 9 o'clock. Uh, in a moment, I'll be speaking with Philip O'Reilly from Malone on how the situation has progressed since since we last spoke at, at the end of March, of course, Alone, along with various other bodies were uh, involved in setting up a community helpline for, for older people during this coronavirus. Um... And of course, this week um, is Men's Health Week, so around half seven, I'll be speaking with Seamus Nugent from the Kilkenny Sports Partnership. And after eight, I'll be chatting with Derek Devoy of Taxi Watch. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Our text line is 086 353 It's 086 And now I'm joined on the line by Philip O'Reilly. Philip, you're very welcome. Thanks a million, Paul. Thanks for having me back. Philip, uh, a lot has changed since we last spoke. Yeah, there has been a huge change. I suppose we're, it was three months ago since I was on your show when we were just in the process of setting up the support line. So since March, really, we've 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 received an excess of nearly twenty four thousand calls for support. Um, a significant number of that are is that, a, is, that, is that across the country or that's just across the country now? Okay. Across Kilkenny, we've regularly between five and six hundred phone calls. We'll say from the Carlow Kilkenny uh, area, and um, basically, yeah and on national national figures then we've had about 24,000 calls and um, as I said in the last um, show that a, a couple of months ago then we've about 110 volunteers between Carlow and Kilkenny and these uh, volunteers along with the other nearly 2,000 volunteers across the country they've made more than nearly 100,000 phone calls into older people who kind of needed support so we'll say around Kilkenny we would have a number of of people who get regular we call them proactive calls so they might might be somebody in Muckalee who may be lonely lonely or socially isolated and we might ring that person we could end up ringing them three or four times a week depending on the need and if they've practical request then we'd route that through the Kilkenny local authority who've been absolutely fantastic uh, since March so things have been moving very well thankfully. And uh, as you said you got nearly 24,000 uh, calls uh, nationally, do you do an analysis of the type of calls that you're getting? Yeah, absolutely. Before the the local authorities took on the practical requests, we were getting probably 60% of them were practical requests. Now, I suppose at the moment now, a lot of it is for, while some of it is, is practical requests, we've had, especially in Kilkenny, we've had requests for pendant alarms, um, some assistive technology that we that we um, operate ourselves in alone. But I suppose, worryingly, Paul, we've had so many uh, calls from people with severe mental health problems, right. and unfortunately, something we've never seen before, some, some 
really, really, I suppose some, some callers expressing even suicidal ideation that we had to, you know, liaise with the HSE and get them onto vulnerable adult lists. And I think this COVID-19, the lockdown, it, it, it has affected um, peop, some people more than others. And I think yeah. when you are cocooning and isolating like that, it's, it's, I, I'm sure it's, it's not good for, for one's mental health. No, so it's, we've, it's not if you're kind of anxious at the best of times. Being, Absolutely. Being, being anxious and not being able to go anywhere, just you and your thoughts. It can be, it can be very, very challenging. Of course, we have Derek Devoy on later on f- from Taxi Walks who, who do great work in the, the mental health field here in Kilkenny. And Absolutely. Philip, how important was it having the three city GEA clubs on board? And you've all, you also had clubs across the across the county as well. That's it, yeah. That's, that's that's very important. Like I'd say, every GA club, soccer club, rugby club did did so much. But I suppose from the start, when when this. COVID-19 broke and we, we were at a loss really in terms of we, we did a number of volunteers in Kilkenny but with the three senior clubs putting their hands up and I suppose just putting so much effort into it Paul, it was unbelievable. I mean I went to a meeting in O'Loughlin's one night and uh, we represented us from all three clubs and within a week and with training from Malone and we'll say with assistance from Tim Butler and Kilkenny County Council they were up and running within the week and I know I'm a member of a Lachlan Gales myself yeah. like they had they had 120 volunteers and I think the village had similar numbers too as the borough but they were in shifts of 10 every day for the last three months and which is a huge commitment too and especially especially at weekends and like bearing in mind that people are working but they took it so seriously there were shift leaders in each club and like there was one mobile phone rather than you know everybody having had it was literally one number in each club and I think I just think that that the whole mail of the GEA and how they've all worked together and I, I was joking between the clubs now and in a month's time they'll look forward to, to renewing hostilities Absolutely, on the pitch yeah but um, they, they work so well together and I suppose all 40-odd GEA clubs in Kilkenny put in a similar effort. But I think with, with, without their efforts, the local authorities and alone, we wouldn't be able to put those practical requests in for older people. And I think long after COVID-19, please God, if anything like this ever happened again, we know that that bank is there, you know, of volunteers. And uh, and obviously we'd hope to, to recruit a few for alone too, you know, so it's, um, but it's been brilliant. It's, it's like, commend each club enough uh, since March. And Philip, as this is Men's Health Week, uh, what are some of the challenges men face as they get older, particularly those living on their own? Yeah, um, well, we we would we we'd put services in for a lot of older men living on their own, and I think, especially in the last few months, I think independence, you know, um, and an awful lot of older men living on their own, um, just the the. the like they're they want to live independently in their own home for as long as possible but i think since covid you know they're they're more dependent on other people um another thing another negative really of the last few months was just the outpatient appointments a lot of um there could be minor niggly things that 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 might affect older people but you know the outpatient clinics have been closed unfortunately the last uh, number of months and and something i suppose the guards were involved with us uh, with practical uh, support and advice from the start and unfortunately one of, one of the, the, the major downsides was there was a lot of COVID type crime where people were selling fake kits and things like that and, and trying to prey on the more vulnerable in society yeah. and then I suppose what, what alone we'd see on a daily basis then it's the whole loneliness and social isolation you can have as many That's probably the, big, the biggest thing 
It is the biggest thing, right. you know, and it's it's probably even in the last you know, five, six years within a loan, we find that it is, you know, people, they can have the best of house, they can have, you know, no problem with finances or anything like that, but, like, we, we just see loneliness and social isolation being such a, a factor, and um, and, it, and, it, and it's, I suppose it's becoming more easier to put your hand out, hand up looking for help, but it is, you know, it's 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 definitely a factor. We we'd see that. You know, the phone calls we're getting on a daily basis. Um, it is a big thing among among older people. Loneliness. And would a lot? Would you probably have got cases where people are just ringing up just for someone to talk to? Absolutely, yeah. Just uh, out, out a lot of them calls. Uh, a lot of it is down to sheer loneliness, and and you know that the, the support line we have is national now. Um, it's I'll give you the number again, but it's oh eight one eight treble two zero two four. And we'd have some people getting calls sometimes t- twice a day. You know, maybe four or five times a week. They might have a volunteer from alone calling in once a week, but that tell it telephone friendship and support uh, it's huge and I have to acknowledge um, your colleague there in in Kilkenny Community Radio, Nikki Brennan Mm. and and Mary O'Hanlon retired from the HSE, she's in Kilkenny Age Friendly now they they do fantastic work, yeah Nikki and Mary, they were so influential in, in, in we've set up a telephone befriending service in Kilkenny. We haven't launched yet due to the restrictions, but, but both Nikki and Mary, the, the service wouldn't be where it is without the two of them and the support we've got from them. And I think they've seen firsthand, you know, that, that such a service was beneficial for older people, we'll say, in Kilkenny and further afield. And I just like to acknowledge uh, Nikki and Mary for the for the support with that alone are very indebted to them for that. You know, and Philip, um, as we know, there's a we hopefully there'll be a new government soon, and a program for government has has been agreed, and nothing has been finalised between Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Greens. And I'm sure you're probably pleased with some of the elements around um, enabling older people to stay at home more more so than uh, going into a nursing home. Yeah, that's that's you know we're, we 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 welcome that kind of ongoing commitment. One thing we lobbied for, we had a very good relationship with Minister Jim Daly and his mental health and older people. But yeah. we we've lobbied for a number of years now, really, for for a specific minister of state for older people because mental health, as you as you're aware, yeah. and Derek will be on later. That's a huge, huge. It's it's a huge portfolio or brief for any minister, and and uh, as is you know older people's affairs, and we have consistently lobbied over the last number of years for 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 the minister of state for older people you know so we be we be hope we were hoping that that would that would have uh, come with within this program for government and we're also over the last number of years to there's probably not enough focus on loneliness and social isolation so we would have hoped that uh, we set up a task force uh, with uh, Dr Keith Swanick uh, GP in Belmullet in County Mayo senator yeah that's right, yeah, and we'd be hoping that there would be more focus on loneliness and social isolation. But all in all, we're quite we're we're, we're positive about it, and we're looking forward to to working with the new minister. And um, yeah, exactly. In terms of uh, independent living and and housing with supports, there's also mention of that too, which is really it's what alone are, are there for. We're there to support older people to live as long as possible in their own uh, homes and communities. Because Philip, I was doing a, a little bit of research and. When you compare, um, say, the cost of someone staying in a nursing home, which could be a re- region of 1,200 euros a week, mm. um, to maybe 
seven, eight hundred euros for for a comprehensive home care package. You know, there it it makes sense, but not just for the person's own um, kind of their own kind of well being, self being, and and financially as well to allow people to stay at home as as much as possible. Absolutely. I think there's been so many studies till then. Trinity, like they've, yeah. they've had so many longitudinal studies on that. And, you know, it's, it has been proven that people living at home with supports and, you know, like the, the HSE and Bluebird Care Home and Stage, like they've, they've put in hours, you know, and in terms of, you know, going back to primary care, and it's, it's, I suppose it's encouraging to see so many primary care centres around Kilkenny because all of these supports, as you said yourself, uh, Paul, they save they save the government a fortune, and also when people are at home and they're aging happily at home with supports, it's definitely a, a huge saving for the the, the exchequer. And uh, and most importantly, then too, I mean, there's been so many studies too about you know the the mental health benefits of it too. And uh, I've never met an older person who who really relished going into long term nursing home care, even though they, they provide a fantastic service. But I think it's it's a important that's you know the, the significant majority of older people want to remain in their own homes for as long as possible. And I suppose one thing that is COVID has shown unfortunately um nursing homes were kind of were were kind of hotbeds for for COVID nineteen. So these kind of that kind of congregated setting kind of going forward uh, it may not be, be the way to go. Yeah, that's. I, I, I think we're we're, we're all con- reinventing, you know, in terms of of how how we proactively support older people. And I think we've been very fortunate in Kilkenny. Like there hasn't been any major outbreak of what I'm aware, anyway. So, and that's probably down to the hard work, you know, of, of the, the 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 managers of each of these uh, and owners of each of these nursing homes. But yeah, absolutely. I think we're we're all we're all trying to to, to look at different and more proactive ways of supporting older people. So. And one day just gone by, Philip, was a, a UN-recognised day against elder abuse. Um, mm-hmm. How big of a problem is that, in your opinion? Now, abuse doesn't have to be physical, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose one thing I was looking at, we work quite closely with Safeguarding Ireland, and, you know, the whole pandemic, really, it, it prompted nearly a quarter of the population did the Red Sea uh, uh, poll there recently just to think about their future care. And I suppose the main... Uh, message from Safeguarding Ireland and alone is for people to act on and document their wishes um, uh, one of the, the big problems at the moment in the last couple of years and we see it with people ringing into us is that you know older people may be placed into long term nursing home care or, or, or other other I suppose you know institutions that they may not, never have wished to and a huge a huge um, you know, in terms of, of um, referrals that will come into us too, is in terms of the areas of wills and, you know, and, and your, your your future. Like, safeguarding Ireland and alone, we would encourage all older people, you know, whatever age you are now, just to write down, to plan ahead, turn your wishes into plans, really. You know, on the Safeguarding Ireland website, they have a brilliant form, a think-ahead form, that you can document everything from your will to your last will and testament to where you would actually like to, to spend your final days, whether it's being cared for by a relative or being cared for, you know, in a, in a long-term nursing home or whatever. But it's that, that that's according to Safeguarding Ireland, and they ran a really good campaign there a couple of weeks ago. That's a big, big problem at the moment. And also, we would, I, I'm the Safeguarding uh, Officer for a loan, like we would regularly get um, allegations of financial abuse and 
like sometimes unfortunately physical abuse and I suppose the worrying thing then and their national statistics really that it's usually up to 80% of these allegations are against uh, a family member which is probably the most worrying thing you know so it's um, a lot of that type of uh, abuse it's it's unfortunately it, it's it's quite common in Ireland but I suppose with, with, with organisations like the HSE Safeguarding Team and, and Safeguarding Ireland it's really the, the, the more information you can get out there to the general public the better just to educate people about you know opening your eyes to elder abuse because it is there in the community Absolutely and Philip you mentioned earlier on um, that alone you provide uh, a friendship service now I'm sure you're you're keen when it's safe to do so to get that uh, back up and running again where where you're kind of people are are matched up so to speak and then they have and then someone can call in and chat have a chat with an older person absolutely we're, we're we're rearing to go again paul really we're all working remotely at the moment but uh, as i said we have between carlo and kilkenny we have 110 volunteers we've nearly 60 volunteers in kilkenny and we're hoping to double that with the, the opening up of the telephone uh, friendship service but yeah we're, we're looking forward to getting volunteers up again in st canis's hall and providing comprehensive training and guard the vetting and as you said yourself then we we get a good assessment of of a volunteer you know and what their personality is then and we go out to the older person then and we carry out a full comprehensive assessment with that older people find out what they're like you know what their interests are and then we go back to our, our pool of volunteers and we try and best match them to, to meet their needs uh, I mean we, we took over the Kilkenny contact visitation yeah. service which is about that was about um nearly two and a half, three years ago at this stage and we're just building on that success really and um, and it's purely friendship really and support and I suppose that the, 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 the positive of alone being involved when our volunteers come back they might have concerns about maybe they might notice a bit of ter- deterioration in somebody's health yeah. or they might you know notice that the, an older person might need some support you know whether it's an access to, to an entitlement or something like that and the beauty about that then Paul is that the, the volunteer will ring back to alone and, and we have a team of four uh, staff in the Kilkenny office there that cover most of the southeast and our support coordinators we call them like they're right on the, on the job at hand and they'll call out then and put more comprehensive supports like we, we, we rarely ask the volunteers to go anything above the one and a half hours a week we call it friendship and support it is purely befriending and it makes such a huge difference to an older person I, I've often been you know in an older person's house and they'll physically mark it off in the calendar that Paul is coming this week or Philip's coming next week and it just means so much to them to have that extra support and it's a huge support to families too, they might be caring for an older person and while we we don't tend to call it respite but sometimes you might need to go down and, and get something down the town and, and to know that one of our volunteers are in there spending an hour, an hour and a half and just, you know, it's 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 immeasurable really in terms of, of what it uh, what it offers to older people. Even from a from a mental health point of view to have somebody coming in and having a chat once a week, it's it's massive. And um Philip we've had um uh, people on from various different kind of uh, NGOs and kind of charitable organisations. I'm, I presume uh, fundraising would be an important part of uh, the work uh, alone. Does I'm sure COVID has has had an impact there. 
COVID had a huge impact, Paul, but we were fortunate when we set up the support line from, um, it was literally, it was the 9th of March, the Department of Health and the HSE came to us. I think we got, we, 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 were, we were out there, we were quite proactive and fortunately at the time, and we, we, we were very lucky to get on the Late Late Show on one of those first Friday nights that Ryan Tuberty had uh, the CEO, Sean Moynihan, on. And from that, uh, the singer Gavin James, he actually did a gig in his apartment. It was one of those first gigs that the, the, the no singers indeed. were doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that raised over 160000 wow. for us. Was, uh, and the, between the gig and the appeal then on the Late Late Show, and I suppose so many gigs, like, like we're, we're conscious of, of so many people donating, and, it's, and it has been brilliant. And if anybody likes to make a donation, it's, it's www.alone.ie. But we, we were overwhelmed with the amount of support following that um, you know Niall Horan from One Direction another sizable contribution he publicly came out and, and supported alone and then just through you know Vodafone who were so good they donated us a thousand mobile phones which we distributed to older people across the country uh, there were smartphones with credit and uh, they enabled us to keep in contact with the most vulnerable and most socially isolated and then I have to speak locally then in terms of Kilkenny Leader Park Partnership. They provided eight staff for us for the support line for the last three, three, three and a half months. Eight uh, of their volunteers, eight of their workers who would be normally in different programs, SICAP, you know, the community development, they were absolutely excellent from a local point of view. When we were stuck for staff, Martin Rafter and Declan Rice. CEO and assistant CEO, they came to a loan, gave us aid staff for three and a half months, and that type of support we got, you know, we we similar from organisations in Dublin, Dublin City Council, but we wouldn't have been able to run that support line without that kind of, of you know, the fundraising was great, but the actual physical help we got from, and, and you know, Both HR... On the ground, as is it? Absolutely. And that's, that's why we were able to, to be so proactive and respond, you know. And, um, Philip, as we kind of, the restrictions start to ease, and Leo Frecker made a number of announcements there today, um, the helpline, it'll probably, the nature of it will will change, I I can imagine. That's right. Uh, We're still operating Monday to Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., and and we're still getting a a good steady number of calls every day, Paul, but I suppose a big thing we noticed in the last um, the last number of weeks is a lot of older people even though restrictions are lifted they're more afraid to go out at this stage and that they're not I suppose you see younger people and you know and you know, families, they're going out and I was on High Street today and things seem, certainly seem to be a lot busier. But I think older people who are cocooning are generally, they're, they're still quite reluctant to go out. You know, I think that's, and I don't know whether that's a good thing. You know, if they, if, if they feel they need to get out for their mental health, you know, I think that's so beneficial. In the Castle Park yesterday, there was a lot of, you know, people over 70s and it's great to see them out. But I think there still is a reluctance for certain older people to come out, you know, who may be cocooning. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's great on one on one side, but it's it's um, yeah, and I think people should be mindful too, you know, in terms of crowds, and that's one thing that, you know, and social distancing and everything. Because yeah. absolutely, you know. And Philip, I'll give you the last word on this. Um, what advice would you have for an older person living at home who who may be struggling at this moment in time? 
Well, first of all, if they can reach out to family, if they're lucky enough to have family, you know, that are, you know, I've elderly parents in living in County Mayo and I would check in with them very, very regularly. And, you know, that's, that's what we'd be asking any old, any family members, you know, to check in on an older person. And if they don't really, you know, it's just don't be afraid to knock on your neighbor's door. And I think the whole thing of, of people cocooning and all this, it just shows how many people are willing to help, you know, and it's, and, and then uh, coming back to a loan, like, don't be afraid to ring ourselves to, you know, at that 0818 like, we, we're only too happy to get on the end of a phone, and as I said earlier then, just when, when this COVID-19 pandemic abates, then, like, we'll be there for, for any older person, and you know, aside from telephone support, and that's all great, but we'd love to see anybody come up to us in the in St. Canis' neighbourhood hall there, and come in and have a cup of tea and a chat, and we'll, 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 we'll definitely put whatever support you need, and friendship and you know and I suppose the most important word and I'll say is and you know we'll all get through this you know and I think we'll be all the better for all of the support that, that each organisation and everybody is given Absolutely Philip abs- absolute pleasure as always and as we say on Communities in Action the door is always open so we'd love to have you have you on again so uh, stay safe and I hope you have a good, very good weekend Thanks a You're more than welcome and that was Philip O'Reilly from Alone. Um, we're just going to take a quick break, and after the break, we'll be speaking with Seamus Nugent from the Kilkenny Recreational Sports Partnership. So please stay tuned. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, eighty-eight point seven FM. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, something for everyone. The Kilford Arms and the Glendine Inn, family-owned and family-run. A local venue for local people. Asking the people of Kilkenny to be a part together. Tommy's Tipper, sand and gravel delivery and rubbish removal. Call Tommy on 087-742-4368. Tommy's Tipper at your service. The Petronella Restaurant on the Butterslip for your finest food in the heart of Kilkenny City. Looking forward to seeing you in the summer. Frank Wall, the men's shop, is renowned for quality, personal service and value in fashion clothing for men. We're open for business with our newly renovated shop, showing our spring-summer collection. Reopening specials up to 30% off. Frank Wall, the man's shop, High Street, Kilkenny. Old-fashioned values with a new fashion look. Shop local. Shop Frank Wall, the man's shop, High Street, Kilkenny. Langton's Takeaway www.langtonstakeaway.com Fresh food cooked to order Available for collection or delivery Order online or call us on 056-776-5133 The Langton's Tea Room is also open for takeaway Serving tea, coffee, pastries and our full takeaway menu Langton's of Kilkenny Hennessy Sports in the New Park Shopping Centre is open your local sports shop for sportswear, trophies and equipment. Call Frank on 056 77 Hennessy Sports, Kilkenny's only locally owned sports shop. 
John Brennan Machinery Supplies on the Hebron Industrial Estate. For all your grass machinery parts and service, we have blades, tines, belts and drive shafts. Full repair service on hydraulics, rams and hoses. We're open every day, Monday to Saturday from 8.30am. Call John or Derek on 056-77-20957. John Brennan Machinery supplying a top-class service within the COVID-19 business guidelines. Hennessy Dry Cleaners, Lockboy Shopping Centre. Available our collection and delivery service. Call Ross on 085-746-9163. We're open every day from 7.30am to 6pm, Monday to Saturday. That's Hennessy's Dry Cleaners, Lockboy Shopping Centre. Support your local shop and trader. You're listening to Kilkenny Communities in Action here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. And you're very welcome back. And now we're now joined on the line by Seamus Nugent from the Kilkenny Recreation and Sports Partnership, or KRSP for short. Seamus, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Paul, for having me on. Good to have you on. Seamus, for, for listeners who mightn't be familiar with the work of the Sports Partnership, could you just give us a kind of a, a rough outline? Yeah. Um, the County Recreation and Sports Partnership is one of 29 um, local sports partnerships in a national network in Ireland. And uh, we're uh, uh, under the umbrella of Sport Ireland. And uh, I suppose our vision is that we, you know, to promote a, an active community, uh, where sports and recreation, physical activity opportunities uh, are accessible and available to all. And um, part of our mission would be that we would work uh, collaboratively uh, with other agencies and stakeholders to uh, empower people and communities across Kilkenny City and County, uh, whereby we create a, a, an environment that supports uh, lifelong participation in sports uh, and physical activity. If you cast your mind back, I suppose, many years ago, it would be that uh, physical activity was for people, you know, performance, uh, you played on a team or whatever, whereas now we know that uh, lifelong participation in uh, physical activity um, enhances uh, the years in our lives and and that. Uh, Absolutely. And how has COVID-19 impacted on the number of programmes that you deliver? Um... Well, in line with government and Department of Health recommendations uh, and to protect, I suppose, our staff, tutors, uh, participants in our programmes and and our partner organisations, so that would be venues and and organisations that we work with, uh, we suspended all programmes from March 13th. Um, But uh, in in the meantime, uh, right up to today, uh, we've been uh, very proactive in encouraging people to be as active uh, as possible and as active as the guidelines and the, the restrictions allow. Um, we believe that, I suppose, keeping as active as possible is is uh, critical for maintaining not only good physical health but uh, equally important good mental health and spiritual health. Yeah, and, uh, they're very, they're very much all interconnected. Yeah, uh, I suppose the, the lockdown and the suspension of programme has, has given... Uh, opportunities to us in KRSB to work collaboratively with other uh, sports partnerships. While we do uh, link in with them from time to time uh, to check in how we're working on, on programmes. And, and some programs. sports partnerships, they vary from county to county, like in some uh, do, but, uh, in some yeah. counties they're, they're 
they're part of the county council and other counties they're kind of they're yeah. kind of limited companies yeah we're a limited company we're one of i think it's nine of them are a limited company uh but we would be we would work close uh with the county council and we're housed by the county council so we would be very closely connected with them and I suppose COVID-19 has given us opportunities to work collaboratively with other LSPs closer than we normally would work and with Sport Ireland, uh, promoting and developing uh, new programmes and resources as well. Uh, we were very quick ourselves in Kilkenny to produce a resource for exercising at home yeah. uh, within the confines of the restrictions and all that. That booklet is aimed at older people, uh, those cocooning and um, people with disability uh, well, you would have noticed that online there was a huge amount of programs sprung up and a huge amount of um, organizations and personal trainers and, and that putting stuff out on Zoom and, yeah. uh, and YouTube channels and all that. However, uh, there are a lot of older people and people with disability who, who don't have access, access to, to online resources. Yeah. And uh, so we produced a booklet, and I think there's about a thousand copies or more, more at this stage. Uh, distributed throughout Kilkenny and if anybody wants a copy they, they can contact me at that Kilkenny Sports Partnership and we have a, um, a another um, national programme that we're uh, rolling out w w with Sport Ireland and the LSP network is uh, Be Active at Home Day and that's on June the 28th we're challenging people just to meet their physical activity levels so physical activity levels for, for children would be 60 minutes a day and for for adults, it's it's uh, thirty minutes. So we're we're looking we're looking for families and households and uh, to get together. Uh, and uh, we have a load of resources produced uh, for that to show people what they might do. So it could be uh, obstacle races or having three-legged uh, races or egg and spoon races. Of course, or, uh, you can do it. You can do it in blocks in the day. You can, yeah, blocks of 10 minutes. Yeah, yep. and you can do it whatever way you want. Uh, and we're encouraging people to tag us on their. Uh, activities and uh, we've prizes up as well uh, for the uh, the most innovative kind of uh, activities on the day or, or, or groups that we think that did a really good job above and beyond what uh, we're looking for as well. Uh, and Seamus, I'm just looking here in the proposed uh, programme for government, there seems to be a greater emphasis on infrastructure infrastructure investment in the likes of cycling and, and walking uh, tracks as well. From a sports partnership point of view, you, if this all comes to pass, you, you would be pl pleased with that. So they're, they reckon it would work out at about £360 million, um, over a five-year period. Yeah, and as, as, as you said there, it's a proposed and, and that's uh, uh, dependent on, on ratification. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three very different parties uh getting together and, and, and agreeing to a lot of things. Uh, and we'll be hopeful from, yeah, I mean, not just the sports partnership, but we work very closely with uh, Kilkenny County Council and Kilkenny Leaders, mm. Kilkenny Leader Partnership on, on a Cycling in the City project uh, that explore the City Bike Scheme. We're currently looking at ways that we might improve cycling infrastructure within Kilkenny City uh, initially and Kilkenny County and how to brand and market that uh, to a wider amount of people, they say, working through communities and schools so and workplaces. Because cycling so over the last, say, 10 years, let's say, has actually boomed in popularity. 
It has, and it has boomed in the last 12 weeks since the lockdown Absolutely, as well. Yeah. We, one of the things we would have really promoted is uh, family cycling and children cycling, and it, it was a really hard uh, push uh, to get um, people cycling uh, as a family, and, and because people were left with no alternatives, uh, they've gone out and got the bikes out, and it, it's it's there's hundreds of families cycling in Kilkenny now, uh, and, and it's really good. And, and of course, as a lot of people say, the, the the sad thing would be is that if we go back to the way we were yes. before COVID, and uh, another opportunity, a huge opportunity for people to cycle and to walk, is with the one way system in Kilkenny. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, from it's coming on stream from one day. It'll, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how how things go because these things they they need a little bit of time to settle down. Yeah, it's well, of course. And Seamus, you you said you work with uh, various different bodies, like the likes of the FAI in soccer, the IRFU and rugby, the GAA, and other sports that have development coaches. Uh, how much has their role kind of moved away from performance to more uh, inclusion? Which, which is what the sports partnership is about, getting as many people active as possible. Well, I don't think uh, any of the NGBs, like uh, like you mentioned there, and, and there are many more as well, um, I don't think any of them will move away from, from performance. I, I think the performance element will always be front and centre. But I think the NGBs now have been prompted uh, to recognise the need to be more inclusive. Uh, sport is global. Sport reaches the four. Uh, corners of Ireland as well and, and disability is global and, and reaches the four corners of Ireland as well and Sport Ireland and the LSP network uh, have sport inclusion and, and SIDO offers, uh, officers uh, as part of their core values and, and ethos um, and in sport I suppose the club environment is about family and club and county and that sense of, of, of belonging uh, should be available to everybody regardless of, of ability uh, or ethnicity or, or performance uh, ability either. So uh, uh, being inclusive and diverse uh, does not dilute sport. I, I think it enriches uh, every every form of sport uh, in, every, in every club in every county. Uh, absolutely. And has the sports partnership, have you been helping kind of clubs and sporting organisations with returning to action post-COVID? Because I'm involved with Carlo Kilkenny AFC and... Um, our squads have, have now gone back into training, but there was a number of protocols we had had to put in place, you know, to meet with with government health guidelines and things like that. Yeah, so you're talking about the, the compliance officer, which is the new the COVID nineteen compliance yes. officer there, and, the, and if you go to the Sport Ireland, uh, which is the, the the overseeing or the governing body of sport in Ireland, if you go to Sport Ireland website, that compliance officer uh, course is there. As part of our strategy, uh, I suppose Kilkenny Recreation and Sports Partnership is always there to help clubs and sporting organisations. Um, we're, we're looking at what our activities will look like. As you heard from this evening, uh, the, the return is being speeded up and the phases are being kind of diluted and pulled back a little bit. So yeah. we're, we're zooming a little bit quicker than we would have thought. So it's, it's uh, uh, evolving very rapidly. And we will do. We will return our our classes and our activities, I suppose, uh, in line with government guidelines, which, as you know, have changed again this evening. Uh, and we'll do that with the support and guidance of Sport Ireland and the NGBs. Um, so, primary support to clubs uh, is through the NGBs and through the uh, Sport Ireland. 
uh, and the Sport Expert Committee uh, has supported and, and come up with that uh, compliance officer. Uh, it's going to be very challenging. Uh, it's going to be challenging for our uh, our staff will be trained, our tutors will, will go undergo training, our volunteers, uh, and, and we'll work with our venues as well because we run programs through a lot of venues. Uh, we have to ensure that we're safe going in there and that they're uh, safe providing uh, stuff for our participants as well. Um, but uh, we, we will have supports in place as well uh, upon the return for uh, in the form of grants for women in sport and uh, usual club development grants and also uh, community uh, volunteer support program as well. So people are welcome to, to, to call us for, to chat about any of those. And Seamus, from your time working with the sports partnership, what are some of the, the barriers you know people face from participating in, in say, organised sport? Yeah, uh, for, for participating, I suppose, uh, sport and physical activity and, and recreation, they've, they've all been pulled together uh, uh, very, very closely. And the, the barriers... Um, the barriers will be there, I'd say, in 10 years' time. We, we'll, we'll break them down little by little, but it's, it's uh, disability is a barrier, yeah. uh, whether it's, it's disability from birth or acquired later in life. Uh, gender, gender, definitely stereotypes. Uh, you know, from, from I come from an era where girls did one thing and, and boys did another, and, and, and it's, uh, it, 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 that has been broken down to a certain extent now. Uh, girls play most sports and, and are, are as good and better than boys in most of them. Um, age can be a barrier and, and ageism, saying that, you know, even if you take a lot of the performance sports by, by 30 or 32, you're, you're washed up. Whereas we know that uh, um, becoming active at any age, um, you, you have more benefits to gain from being active at 60 than you do at, at 15 or 16. Absolutely. And and it, I think encouraging people to be active at any age. I suppose the environment as well, a uh, safe environment, uh, the, the physical environment. We're very lucky in Kilkenny to have such an amazing uh, physical environment for, for running and walking, uh, cycling, uh, uh, you know, compared with some of the developing countries uh, where we're children go to work very young uh, uh, doing whatever, you know, working in, in, in sweatshop factories or, or uh, picking uh, rubbish or whatever from, from tips and all that. Kilkenny, like in Ireland in general, is it would be first world in comparison. Um, and, and we'd also have, barriers would be um, I suppose lack of role models or, or poor uh, early experiences in sport where whereas people, young people are pushed into performance at a very uh, early stage w without uh, acknowledging the, the natural development of, of children. Um, um, I think that's one thing I've noticed anyway with say, in with the FEI and a lot of other sports that many years ago it was all about winning, winning, winning but now it's about kind of the, the fully development of, of a young young athlete, you know. Yeah, it is. And, and now, it's, some it's the development of the, the various skills, uh, the running, kicking, catching, jumping, throwing, as opposed to, um, you know, there, there's a lot to be said against um, specialising in one sport. Uh, I think children should be exposed to, uh, to as many um, sports and as many activities as possible, and there should be no on uh, specialising uh, in sport. Um, at, at, you know, to a certain uh, level, 
Like the thing that uh, report that came out from DCU where we, in Ireland we we don't do very well on uh, the basic things such as kicking, jumping, That's throwing, right, yeah. uh, uh, which is very sad. Uh, while we're a, a kind of a first world country in in some terms, we're we're very much uh, second level or second tier in, in other aspects. So then, I suppose you're you're going to have a sports partnership. You're going to have a big role in trying to to reverse that that trend and working with schools and clubs and, and things like that and I suppose it's, it's important that you know there's some children out there that may not be sporty or whatever but it's important that you're active doesn't matter at, at what what age you are Exactly yeah What's, that's one, that will be one of our goals in Kilkenny Sports Partnership will be to kind of mobilise communities and empower communities uh, to be active and that goes from even preschool where we would we would advocate uh, we uh, we were a very strong balanced bike program uh, and we have a Bonnestor Bjog young manager uh, program going into primary schools uh, we support clubs to provide quality opportunities for engagement uh, and that that's key uh, you know just about what we were talking about there where uh, you've coaches. Uh, you know, back, I, I come from an era where coaches arrived up in a, and they were they were very well-meaning and good people arrived up with a, a cap on them and a cigarette in the corner of the mountain said do three laps of the pitch. You know, it, it has evolved where anybody going into any club now, uh, first and foremost, they're, they're, they're vetted and, and stuff like that. But secondly, they, they would have to undertake a very basic uh, foundation or level one uh, type coaching Um and KRSP supports uh, clubs in, in doing that uh, and the development and use, I suppose, of, of facilities and amenities as well. Because I remember I was talking with um, Des Tomlinson, he works with the FBI, on the, he's their kind of intercultural officer, and he told me in Iceland they had um, they wanted more people playing sport and soccer in particular, and they had a they had a lot all your qualified coaches and uh, through I think their department of social welfare that's all coaches whether they're coaching you know like a, at a very very amateur level or at or kind of a professional level every every qualified coach out there was getting paid you know so and as a result you know the quality of of results improved with the national team and you know people that were playing soccer they were being taught the right things if you know what I mean so Exactly, that goes back to what I was saying. Like that, and in in, in Ireland, where we don't, we we have probably the the best volunteer system uh, in the world, uh, and, and coaches aren't paid uh, for for the for the most part. It, it's parents who give up endless hours. Uh, you know, we we recruit co- uh, coaches, uh, and before you even go near at the sideline or, or onto a pitch, you've got to undertake uh, your safeguarding courses. Your foundation or basic uh, coaching uh, courses as well so there's a lot of hours before you even go in uh, to, to do any coaching and um, it's very and rewarding for the higher up you go in the kind of the more kind of intense it goes in regards to study and stuff like that it is and it's not for everybody either. if you want yeah, to be an elite level coach you're, it, you're, it yeah. takes up a lot of time and, and it costs, costs a lot of money too yeah, but there there are a lot of uh, supports there for clubs to get coaching courses paid for. But um, you know, it, it's very rewarding, and, and a lot of uh, parents would take up uh, coaching, I suppose, while their children are going through the the club, and that uh, it's, it makes a, a club very uh, rich uh, when they have a huge 
uh, bank of of coaches. But the, the thing that the, the the issue that can arise though is that the cl- the, the clubs that are strong um, get stronger. The, the, the more coaches you have, the more you, likely you're to uh, are to attract. Uh, coaches and that can become problematic for the, the smaller clubs or the weaker clubs. They're always not sure of how to go about funding and, and support opportunities and, and Kilkenny Sports Partnership can, can help with that to guide the smaller clubs or the weaker clubs to get their share of the, the pot as well. And um, there's also, we have a lot of minority sports kind of that are starting to prop up across the country. Um, would KSP work much in that area? kind of to give yeah, everybody the, the chance of participating in, in yeah, sports. Yeah, just again the same thing, you know, to help them find out where the, how to get the safeguarding, how to get the, the, the basic coaching courses and how to go about uh, applying for uh, the big money that's available in uh, sports capital funding as well because that's where the, you know, getting in and, and getting uh, paired up with the school or getting... Um, the proper uh, application process going through for sports capital funding. Uh, there's there's lots yeah. of uh, money there as well. There's for lots clubs. of great examples around around Kilkenny of of clubs that kind of have either worked with schools or or kind of gone out on their own and the facilities that they have. Another their first class. Yeah, just off the top of my head, there, like you look at uh, Gwelskolos three, there, fabulous um, uh, pitch there, and and the watershed, the facilities there, that a lot of that would have been. Uh, Sports capital, and as well as that, if you go, uh, then clubs doing it on their own, and you'd like some freebooters with their astroturf as well. Freebooters are a fabulous club there. They they are very good to provide their facilities to um, projects uh, and programs with uh, disadvantaged people. Uh, absolutely, and Seamus, would you say the pandemic has emphasised more the importance of exercise? Because if a lot of people if we had one of those most serious kind of lockdowns and like that in South Africa where you you stay in most parts of the day, you know that if we didn't have be able to get out and exercise, it would have been very bad for all our mental health. Indeed it would, yeah. And I would say with, uh, without a fear of contradiction, it, it has uh, emphasised the importance of exercise, uh, mental, physical health. I think people just, you know, people working at home, uh, um they're kind of cut off or isolated a little bit. They're just mad to get out in the evening for a run or a walk or a cycle or uh, to meet other people, even socially distanced and that. I think the restrictions have had a... Uh, we've been doing a piece of work with uh, Sport Ireland um, in the last couple of months. Uh, we would have started a programme before Christmas whereby we ask a, a, um, participants a, a validated question and it, it's basically uh, in the past week on how many days have you done a total of 30 minutes or more of physical activity that was enough to raise your breathing rate. Uh, so we asked them at the beginning of the programme and then we ask them at 12 weeks later at the end of the programme and then we have to follow up uh, three months later. Now, normally you might expect that someone might increase during the program but then three months later they may or may not uh, but you kind of expect there might be a little bit of a drop off uh, and I've been doing the, the piece of work uh, for the three month follow up lately and it's amazing what's, uh, the results that are coming back especially from older people yeah. uh, because they've been told to cocoon because they've been told to stay indoors uh, and I suppose uh, it shows a real resilience in older people as well they are getting out and doing six and seven days. Um, I think we had uh, two 
zero days and one lady was after falling and breaking her leg and the other lady just had no interest in going back but I think hundreds of others uh, they're all reporting uh, six and seven days of physical activity uh, and that's I think because older people are more resilient and because they've been told to cocoon and you know I, I've been hearing uh, stories of um, a, a one woman in particular who's looking after her husband who has dementia and she has a kind of a 15 metre by 15 metre garden and she was going out and walking in the front garden in the in the morning for 40 minutes and the and the back garden in the evening for 40 minutes. Uh, one, another woman who discovered that uh, her house was only about a mile from the river and she's been walking down by the river for four miles every day during the, the restrictions. So uh, yeah, and, and the good weather, I think, as well, it's has, been a mass, has uh, massive help, got yeah. everybody out. Yeah, so as a result, we've uh, there was a piece of uh, work there um, commissioned by Sport Ireland, uh, Nipsos uh, MRBI poll, and that uh, showed that obviously the, there was a drop in the number of people taking part in sport. However, by the by the time of uh, the beginning of May had come. That had come back to pre-lockdown levels because people, rather than taking part in community or team sports, they were finding ways of doing personal exercise. And then we had another part of the survey which asked people, you know, how active they'd been, similar to the question I've just uh, uh, given out there. Um, and they, they were asked uh, that question. And all of those people, the, the level of activity that had gone from something like uh, 44% to 68% or something like that, really massive jump, uh, a jump that you couldn't uh, you couldn't um, forecast or, or no amount of work in sports development uh, and work that we do could, could uh, increase um, physical activity uh, by that much. Oh. Uh, and, and even if you cast your mind I'm back there to the the the, the recession in, in 2008. Um, the amount of uh, um, people being physically active kind of jumped about four percent, but not uh, twenty or thirty percent like it has now. Right. And then when the when the you know uh, in the last uh, sports monitor there uh, in in say, or one of the ones around 2013 when the recovery was underway, um, we had uh, figures like 44 percent were active in the uh, adequately active. Uh, and then that dropped forty-two percent because you had people returning to work, and particularly um, self-employed people who just went when they returned to work, they didn't have uh, time to be active. Because they're direct. Uh, I remember speaking with uh, Martin Rogan. He was um, uh, he's the CEO of Mental Health Ireland, and he said, f for every kind of thirty minutes, f I think it's for every is it if you're thirty minutes or an hour. You have to commute. Your kind of your social capital is reduced by about about ten percent. Now it's probably it can vary from person to person whether you're married, single, or or not. So like these long long commutes, and I know that the economy was on the up, but um, you know, kind of there's the, a price there, there is a work there is a work life yeah. balance that that's needed. Yeah. And probably COVID has kind of has shown a few things like people may be able to work from home that might have more time to exercise and stuff like that so you know there are positives to come to come out from this and you know Indeed, there's, there's, yeah, there's possibilities to make to make changes <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely it's nice and i think it should be an option uh for people as well we, we've been working remotely over the past uh um since uh march the 16th uh and 
you know, it does take a bit of time to getting used to it, and you do have to kind of plan your day and you do have to ensure that you are being active and you do miss the, the, the uh, interaction with, with work colleagues as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it's not for everybody, but I think it will change the way and it would be great if people who are engaging, I suppose, in, in four-hour-a-day commutes to Dublin um, do have the opportunity to, to work from home uh, partially, uh, maybe two or three days a week. Uh, it frees up some amount of time and that time can be used I suppose more importantly, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, uh, to cycle with your kids or, or to, to, to have some time for personal uh, recreation and, uh, and engage in, in, in physical activity. So rather than getting up at uh, six o'clock to drive to Dublin, you can get up at half past six and go for a run or a walk or something uh, that, that, that uh, contributes to your, your, your better health. Absolutely. Seamus, it was, was an, an absolute pleasure and if people want to find out more about um, uh, what the Sports Partnership uh, has to offer, they can, you're, you're on Facebook and Twitter and you have uh, yeah. website or there just, and, and everything. Look up krsp.ie, uh, we're there as well and get the numbers and give us a shout uh, at any stage or, or email myself, Seamus at KRSP and we'll do our, our best to help you. Brilliant. Seamus, hope you have a great weekend and thanks a million for and coming you too, on. Paul, thank you. Or welcome. And that was Seamus Nugent from the Kilkenny Sports Partnership. We're going to take a break and we'll just be back after this. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. And you're very welcome back to Kilkenny Communities in Action. And for all you sports fans out there, the Premiership is back since Wednesday. And there was one game kick, uh, kicked off at six o'clock. It's over now. Uh, Norwich were down near the the relegation zone uh, were at home to Southampton and Southampton ran out 3-0 three, winners there goals were from Ings Armstrong and Redmond on 49 54 and 17, 17 minutes respectively and of course the other game that's taken place kicking off in about 10 minutes time is between Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester United in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and for all I can give the teams to Man United and Tottenham fans out there. So Spurs line out Laureus, uh, Aurier, Sanchez, Dyer, Davis, Sissoko, Winks, uh, Sung, Young Ming, Eric Lamilla, Stephen Borrowing and Harry Kane is back. Uh, for Manchester United, it, they line out David Decay in goal, uh, Armand Basaka, Victor Lindelof, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, Scott McTominay, Fred, uh, Daniel James, Bruno Fernandes, uh, Marcus Rashford and... Anthony Martial up up front and Paul Pogba is on the bench. So now back to more serious matters at hand. We're joined by Derek Devoy from Taxi Watch. Derek, you're very welcome to um, Kilkenny Communities in Action. Thanks, Paul. How are you? You're great to have you. You too, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Derek, uh, could you just give our listeners, you, you probably uh, have answered this question probably many, many times. How did Taxi Watch begin? How it began? It began off on my own... Um my own mental health uh, was affected. I, I tried three times to take my own life, and um, eventually I got back to work. And my, my first night got back to work. Um, there was a chap on the bridge, Kenny, and um, an hour later I went back over the bridge, and there was another fella on the bridge. And what? yeah, and I, I just thought this is just horrible. Um, I could feel what they what they were going through. I was there myself, as I said, and I knew exactly the pain they were going through. So. I just wanted to do something, give back to Kilkenny and see if we could do something. And thankfully, 25 people came and joined up, and 
Um, what we started to do then was was patrol kind of down by the river as we were working in taxis we were driving because taxi drivers come across a lot of people at night um, and, and everybody tells us all their stories and all their, their problems and the whole lot and they're drunk usually um, <laughs> and they just let it all out and, and say that's what, what soberness conceals drunkenness reveals <laughs> exactly yeah 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 so look at at least they're talking thank god and um, we just started and, and just absolutely snowballed from there it's just it's unbelievable what's after happening since um and now what's after happening is basically is it's kind of changed from people are actually winning us now there's not as many people kind of going down to, to bridges anymore thanks be to god um yeah. they know where, where our cars are kind of going to spot them and, and and people are actually really looking for help and it's, it's just great it's just great to have to be able to be there for people when they need it like Absolutely, and um, Derek, would you would you say your own experience um, that's kind of helped you a lot in what you're doing now? You can kind of when you I know you're you're a suicide uh, prevention trainer now, so but it's it's not just you're not spouting theory out of a book. You've actually been no. there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Yeah, I remember when all when this all started at the start. I, I remember going to do some training courses, and they were just at the time I thought they were fantastic because I didn't know anything about it. Um, and I suppose they did help a small bit, but knowing now what, what I know, it, it's it, it's unless you have lived experience, you can't help anybody. And I firmly believe that, like, um, you can never tell anybody how, how they're feeling because you have no idea. Nobody yeah. does. And, and to tell somebody, I know exactly how you're feeling and what you're going through, you, you don't know exactly, but you might be able to. Yeah, you, you, small you can empathise, but can you understand? Yeah. That's that's, to that's, tell somebody, that's the big thing. to tell you to your face, I know exactly what pain you're in. Like that's. It's, it's hard to hear that from somebody even though all they're doing is trying to help you yeah. I understand that but it really is hard when somebody tells you they know what you're going through and you're there you have no idea what I'm going through um, and it's a horrible place to be and I, I God I wish anybody anybody out there listening if they need help just just call just call and, and get the help it took me four years to ask for help um, I went through four years of absolute hell and had I have asked for help much sooner I, I, there was no need for me to go through what I went through Um and the help is there, despite what some people say on Facebook. It's not there. Just stay away from Facebook. It's 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 good to us in, in some sense, um, but it's 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 not a, it's not a great help for people. It's, it's a horrible place for, people, for some people to be like. Uh, absolutely. And Derek, um, would you keep many stats or records of people you w- would help? And um, I presume like people have got in touch with just you know they may have been in a, a different yeah, yeah. spot and they're saying hi, Derek, I'm doing good now well, and stuff like that couple of weeks in the last couple of weeks since this COVID started this has been the worst absolute possible time that I have ever ever had to deal with anybody big, um, big spike I'd say in oh massive massive spike yeah and, and I don't know what it's going to be like when this all kind of ends yes. people start getting back to work and uh, like one when, when the COVID payment stops for a lot of people there's going to be a lot of a lot of pain um, like even myself to be quite honest which I'm on the COVID payment myself I, I haven't worked since uh, the 15th of March and today I got an email saying that uh, I have to prove that I'm self-employed which is a revenue I got, a, I got it from the revenue like so only for I'm in a good place myself if, if I thought that I was being cut off and, and losing what, the only money coming in to feed yeah, my family uh, what, what, what position would that put you in like so it's the government uh, have, have a lot to, lot to be responsible for like and they, um, they need to start asking groups out there who are dealing with people instead of people who are in college and other TDs because they, they obviously haven't a clue like they haven't a clue 
Um, this is um, Men's uh, Health Week, Derek. When, when it comes to mental health and talking about, from your experience, would you see a difference between how men and women uh, deal with it? Uh, yeah, well, a lot of women, um, got the stats on, on, on women um, are like trying to take their life is, is, is horrible and it's all nearly overdoses. Um, it's There's an awful lot of women. It used to be men, um, but the, the amount of women that are end up in hospital um, is, is, is harrowing. In the last couple of months, even with Kenny, God love them, um, we've lost a few people and it's, it's, just, it's just a horrible place. It's a horrible place to be, but the... It is. It is not just men anymore. It's not just men, and it's not just older men, and it's not just teenagers on drugs. It's it's anybody. It's people. At the start of this COVID, I've had people contact me who are very wealthy people and are still wealthy, even though their business have stopped. They still have an awful lot of money. So it's not it's not the money. It's just the not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. The pressure that's on them, and the pressure that they're worried about their own staff. Like, how am I going to be able to feed and other people? Because when you're a boss, obviously you're feeding other people's families. And a lot of them, a lot of them do care. Like a lot of them don't care, but a lot of them do care. And that pressure is on them. And um, you're self-employed. The last person you pay is yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Who are you selling for? I know that only too well. <laughs> Absolutely. And Derek, what if, what would you say for anyone out there? Uh, haven't haven't been there yourself? Uh, who who might be listening? Who's struggling at the minute? What? Um. Well, there's one thing I say, and I and I always say this, and I know it means so much to some people and to other people they just kind of laugh it off like it does pass no matter how bad you're feeling it gets better and it absolutely does get better and it will go eventually um, I get bad days I still get bad days and the only thing is I've kind of I, I've because of all the help that I've been doing around and help that's been given to me uh, I've gone to my own psychiatrist and psychologist and, and got uh, counselling and I was uh, that's the only thing that saved me my own doctor saved me um, go to your doctor Go straight to your doctor first. They probably will put you on medication. Um, mm. And people are afraid to take medication. They're absolutely terrified to take medication. They think it's going to make you stupid. It's going to make you numb. It's not mm. going to make you feel anything. It doesn't. It doesn't do that. It, it's an absolute boost. If you have a pain in your tooth, you'll go and take a painkiller. Yeah. Don't ever be afraid to take your medication. And it's it's clowns, I call them on Facebook, to say to people, um, oh, this medication does this and this. Your doctor will help you. Yeah, uh, and, okay. and your doctor will will help you. And go to your doctor. Take no advice off anybody else on your doctor. Um, and But talking, talking it out. And you see, the, the main thing is like you feel uh, you feel like you're a massive, massive burden. And it's just, it's, it's a horrible hanging over you. It's like a big, massive, dark cloud. And it's just constantly over you. And it makes you feel that you're just useless. You're no good. Um, like my own case, I always said, why did my wife marry me? Why didn't she get somebody normal? Um, <laughs> what good am I to my kids? I can't feed them. I can't buy. I can't. So I'm not working. I can't uh, buy their school books. I can't do anything. I said, so I, I just, it all got on top of me. And my only way out was to try and take my life. And that's what I thought I had to do. I thought that was the best way out of it for me. And thank God, as I said, I'm not a holy Joe at all by any means, but I just thank somebody because I, did, I didn't go, I didn't go through this and I'm still here. Um, but the, the help is there and you just have to ask for it and it's not easy to ask for it and you will be embarrassed you will feel like you're a loser you'll feel all these things but that's just life Just you have to get on with it and when I said during, during my worst time ever I said to uh, my counsellor when I get out of this I want to help somebody and he said to me you can't help anybody you can't help anybody until you help yourself and that was true that's very and, true yeah and, and you just have to help yourself the only person that the most important person is yourself and when you get yourself right then you can start sorting out any other problems that you have but you can't do this it's pressure on top of everybody 
Um, a lot of taxi drivers, just because I'm a taxi driver, I see it down now at the moment, there's taxi drivers sitting at home down now and haven't earned a penny since last March, and I know it's not yeah. just taxi drivers. Um, and, but they're ringing me, and I, I've, I've spoken to them, like, a lot of them are, are my friends as well, and they're ringing me saying, like, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? But there is actually nothing we can do, only just grin and bear it, and just waste, and it will pass, and it'll all come back good. Um, I don't know if it'll ever come back like it was. But well, it's, th- things are kind of going to start opening up a little bit more, like we're going to see, exactly, yeah. once, I think once pubs and restaurants can kind of open to, to some, some fashion, and airports, yeah, and, and, and I airport, suppose that'll... Like, that will help the the tax the taxi yeah. trade. But people just need to like as I said, if you're in bother out there and you know you're in bother, uh, don't let it linger. Don't let it go on and on and on for years. Like I said, I said I let it go for four years and there was no need. Just just seek help. Anybody can read me. My number's anywhere. Google my name and you you see my number. And yes. um, or get it off Paul there if, if anybody needs it. E- easy but, found, as I say. Yeah, it's easy. Unfortunately, I am sometimes, but <laughs> um, but I'll talk to anybody that that needs help and and. Local TDs, local councillors, they'll talk to you as well and I'm pushing the right position. Um, Andrew McGuinness has been brilliant, absolutely brilliant for me. He's, he's helped people out with problems that to you and me, you wouldn't see that there were problems. Um, mm-hmm. They're little, they're minute, but to these people, it was the whole world to them and it, and it meant so much to them. And the help is there. And they, they, that's what they're there for. They're there to help you and, and take the help. Just take the help. But I definitely would urge people to go see your doctor and speak to your own doctor. Um, they're not useless. They're not just there to give you tablets. They're not on commission for the tablets. It's it's they're there to help you. Um, and as I said, Doctor Lee helped me in, in Castle Gardens. Only for him, I wouldn't be talking to you now. And um, Derek, I know it's a lot of statistics out there about um, you know young people who unfortunately have, have taken their lives. And now we don't have, in comparison to other c- countries, you know. Yeah. You know, we're not top of the list, but it, we're still kind of we're, it's still pretty high amongst you. What do we kind of need to do to kind of? build that kind of resilience among among young people to overcome there's, there's cha- challenges no. that they might face with their mental health? Yeah, well, well, I've done talks in schools right around the country, um, and they've told me, you're the only one that's come in here. Yeah. We're not getting, we don't get this, this joke. And I remember being in the school, I won't tell you where it was, and yeah. I went in and there was two two kids, and the second I set foot in to do a talk into the class, I could just see them, like they were glowing at the end of the room saying, we need help. I could see it a mile away. Um, and at the end of the at the end of the, the talk, um, I asked everybody if anybody wants to come up and they just have a chat with me or talk to me or tell me something about somebody else or whatever or just want a bit of advice on where could you get help for somebody, just come back or come back and ask me. And these two came up and they had a full plan of, of how they both of them wanted to take their life that week. Okay. I remember the teacher turned around after I went out and the teacher said, "Why on earth would they tell you that and not us?" And I said, "Well, if you ever asked," and the teacher told me straight out, "We're not allowed." We're not allowed to ask. And that, that, that to me, is a missed opportunity. Mm. Um, they're in school every day with these kids. Surely they must notice a difference. And I'm not trying to put the burden on the teachers. Yeah. Um, but they're there every day. And uh, some teachers are absolutely fantastic, and some teachers aren't. And, and that's just the way it is. But I definitely think the schools should be taught, speak openly about it, just have, like blatantly speak openly about it, um, and stop restricting what they can say and what they can't say. But I think it's like... It's hard to believe that a guidance counsellor counselor has no experience in mental health or hasn't been trained in mental health. A friend of mine that that I actually became a trainer with, he's a master trainer for Ireland. He has trained, I think it's 500 um, guidance counsellors well, at a conference. That's fantastic. And, but they never had it. They never had it. So, crazy. Uh, yeah, crazy. Your, your child needs help. Where did they go? They go to the guidance counsellor and the guidance counsellor doesn't know what to say. That's yeah. just ridiculous in this day and age. So... Um, um, 
And would you say, Derek, I know you do talks at various different uh, levels and age groups, um, would you say young people are actually more in tune than you think? Um, well, I think the problem with young people, a lot of the young people, um, is it's only a bit of weed. I'm only doing a bit of weed. I'm only. I'm not trying to put down drugs or, or say they're good or they're bad or whatever. I know okay. cannabis helps a lot of people in, in that are pain, pain. Um, but it's not only a bit of weed. It, it, it does. It does really affect their whole life. Then they owe money for weed. And a lot of people that we I would help have contact me. I either owe money for drugs or on drugs or just using it on weekends. Yeah. Um, and as I said, it's uh, the, the usual thing you get hit. I'm, I'm only on a bit of weed. I don't do anything else. But no, you're on weed. You're on a five nights a week. It's not only a yeah. bit of weed. It's, it's driving you paranoid. It's you need to go get help. And when they come off it, yeah. And, unfor yeah. and unfortunately, in some cases, it's a starter drug. Once they don't get the kick off the weed, they'll move on to something course, a, a lot course, more yeah. harder, you know, and then it becomes a, yeah. a wider, more, uh, a, wi a wider addiction problem, which, yeah. you know, well, it's can not lead to mental health difficulties as well. When you think of drugs and you think of weed and you think of cocaine, you automatically think of a scumbag. Straight out, there's no point in saying any difference. Yeah. You think of a, a scumbag, he's going around robbing houses, she's going around robbing houses, they're yeah. doing whatever they can. These are not your average people that are depressed um, yeah. I've had solicitors I've had doctors I've had guards I've had an awful lot of very very wealthy people contact me and they have cocaine problems yeah. and they can't come off cocaine um, and they only use it recreationally but yet they're on it every single weekend yeah. and they're depressed and they're looking for help and, and it's 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 not all of drugs but that's that's a massive help like this if you're on a bit of cocaine and would, and you, everything, would you say there are kind of afraid to reach out for their help because of whatever their their status may be within the community or society oh, that, if, if, if they reach out it's uh oh, oh finished um, well you'd be surprised how, how many people are honest uh, on cocaine I see it in the taxi and we all see it in the taxi like they, they take they take cocaine in the back of your taxi as we're driving and don't okay. care that I'm in the front of the car with my CCTV cameras in the car they just don't care and they're like these as I said they're not, these are suits not track suits Yes. So it's 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 not like I don't want people to be putting down young people walking around in tracks saying they're scumbags. They're not the ones that are only only taking the drugs, um, and it's it's just different. But I see like even even lads in the army who have contacted us are saying they would they not ask for help. Lads in the army can't ask for help. If they ask for help, they're finished. Their career is over, um, and they know that. And they they know that. And a lot of them have either said around me, and I've blatantly said it to them. It's either your career, your life. Or you take you choose what you want, um, and they, they've chosen they've chosen to help. Thank God, every single one of them have chosen help, um, and automatically they've been kind of won't say demoted, but they haven't got the same jobs that they've been doing for the last couple of years in the army. And it, it, it's it's something needs to change massively in there. I know I understand they carry weapons. I understand that, and obviously if somebody's in the, in the right place, they shouldn't be carrying a gun. That's obviously the case. But I think when you get well again, mm -hmm. you should be automatically kind of reintroduced or retrained or, or something like that um, and allowed, allowed to continue, continue your career like that's not held against you for the rest of your life absolutely and kind of leads me kind of nicely to my next question um, Derek do you think the stigma of attached to mental illness I know it's compared to what it was maybe 30-40 years ago I know it's probably it's different in the sense where it's kind of a bit more open and people are talking about it um, would you say it'll ever go away in our lifetime never in anybody's lifetime, um, I, I can't see it being normal. Like you might remember, 
if you ever heard years ago, you know, you would always hear Americans say, I'm going to see my psychiatrist tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to go, yeah. And, and the people in Ireland were laughing at them and people <laughs> were saying, what's the story? But that's just the normality of it. If you need help, you go and you talk it out with somebody. If yeah. you have nobody to talk to, you have to go to a counsellor and talk to them. Um, but the stigma will always be there. No matter what it'll do, it'll be there. I, I've very good friends of mine who I love dearly, best friends, and they have never had depression. And they said to me, like loads of times, I wouldn't have time to be depressed. And because they haven't had it. And I, I really genuinely believe that people who haven't had it don't, and thank God they haven't had it, but they don't know what it's like. They don't know this, the pain of it. Like, like think about it. I, I, I tried to kill myself three times. How is that normal for me? That's, no. that's not normal behavior, like, um, that you want to take your life three times. So I needed, I needed help, but I didn't realize it at the time. I thought that I was doing, my head was telling me that this is the best thing to do for you to do. But it's not the best thing for you to do, and it's by far not the best thing for you to do. Um, the best thing for me to do was go get help and seek help, but I was just so embarrassed about it. Um, and as I said, <laughs> how I came out of it was, I, I just went on the radio, and I just told everybody, and that just broke it for me. And I remember the very day, I was with Sue Nunn on the radio, mm-hmm. and it was like it was like somebody had a, 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 a jeep parked on my chest. And the minute I went on that radio and told the world, told all of Kilkenny and told all my friends and my family, they didn't, I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell my wife, told nobody. The only way I told that people was on the radio. Um, and that was like somebody lifted or drove that, che- that jeep off my chest and I could breathe again. Um, but it felt so good. It felt absolutely brilliant. And from that day on, I've, I've been perfect. Um, I still get still get down days, but I just I just know in my head, don't let it beat you. Don't let it beat you. And I keep fighting it. And you, um, know, you know the triggers and you know what to I know if I stay in bed my biggest problem that I've always had is I have this thing in my head that I'm the provider for my family my yeah. wife works full time <laughs> but I'm the one that's the provider I yeah. have to pay for everything I have to do everything I'm the man of the house that, that's all stuck in my head it's, even to this day even though I've, t- I've spoken about it before it's that's still in my head and it always will be so if I'm out sick um, or I'm in bed or I'm not doing or not working and, or whatever it is I get this thing that is you're letting yourself down, you're letting your whole family down, you're a useless father, all of these things go to my head. So I have to fight that. And I have to say to myself, no, you're not. It's everybody, just because you're ill, doesn't mean, it means, it means you're like you're recovering. It doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're a loser. So things do get better for everybody. Um, Absolutely. If you ask for the help. And, and it's, I'm, I'm not going to say it's okay to feel okay, not to feel okay. That, that is branded around and people just think, oh yeah, yeah, we heard that before. But it is actually true. Teams do get better. The cloud always passes eventually. And it will always pass and there will be good days ahead. Like, um, and this will pass as well. This COVID-19 has been an absolute... I won't say the word I want to say. It's been absolutely terrible um, for people. Absolutely terrible for people. And there's people out there who don't think they'll ever see the end of it. But they will. And you will get through it. And teams will get back to some normality. Um, and I just wish people out there, if anybody needs help, just get in contact. Go on to Taxi Watch page on Facebook and message me. I'm the only one that answers the page. So it'll always come to me and I'll talk to anybody who wants it. Um, and every time I do say that, people do message thank God. And that's, that, that's great, Derek. Um, thanks a million for coming on. No bother, we, we appreciate your time and sure, hopefully in the next coming coming months we can, we'll get you in studio again and we'll we'll have a good chat Derek pleasure and have a great weekend you too Paul take care buddy thank you mind yourself and that was Derek the Voy from Taxi Watch and the clock on the wall says it's twi- 
29 minutes past 8 and I only have a couple of seconds left so I'd like to say a big thank you to my guests Philip O'Reilly from Malone Seamus Nugent from the Kilkenny Sports Partnership and Derek Devoy uh, Seamus Brophy is coming up uh, after me so stay tuned so have a good weekend stay safe and thanks for listening We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM